you made it to level two, deeper questions leading to deeper answers. I'm Tomas Garza, and I'm here to help you decide to transform. I'll be setting the pace for the process to support your unfolding. Learn and commit to a practice that brings simplicity and an awareness of what is ready to be released. Join me now and allow the experience of a deeper sense of love. Hello and welcome to season two of Decide to Transform. I'm your host, Tomas Garza, and I am so excited to be bringing you a new experience here on a different platform here on Podbean. Decide to Transform is a radio show designed to help you in your personal growth, spirituality, and transformation. So anything having to do with massive transformation and all of our stepping up to be the best possible version of ourselves. I'm excited to continue with season two here on Podbean. We'll pre-record some shows. I'll have live shows with special guests and we'll have video shows as well. So all of the options are on the table. It's going to be a great season. Welcome and I'm so happy that you're joining me. Now I have a very, very special announcement. I have a special guest to kick off season two with us here today. Zaya Garza is my second born, age 13 and visiting from Corvallis, Oregon. Now, Zaya is a queer and non-binary artist who is here to talk today about art and spirituality. So this is going to be an excellent, excellent show. And Zaya is 13 guys, but Zaya has a lot of knowledge and experience in the world of art. And I think she's going to be a dynamite guest. We've been talking ahead of time. It's a great show. Zaya, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Well, it's definitely my pleasure. It's my pleasure to have you mm -hmm. as a guest here on this show. And I want to ask you, before we really get deep into things here, you chose the subject matter for today. Indeed, I did. And you also chose the title, A Spirit's Paintbrush, Art and Spirituality. So how did you arrive at the subject matter for today's show? Well, for me personally, I've always felt that drawing or painting or any form of artistic medium is can be really spiritual in a lot of different ways. And I felt that this is something that not a lot of people talk about, especially meshing these two totally different yet intertwined subjects. So I felt it was important to get my message and other people's knowledge out there. Okay. Wonderful. I love that. And there are so many messages in art. I just think that I know that we're going to enjoy discussing some of those messages. Mm -hmm. So... How long have you considered yourself an artist? I've considered myself an artist. Probably took myself really seriously um, since around 10 or 11. It's fairly recently since I'm 13. But for a while, I knew that I, even since I was a toddler, I was drawing and I was painting things and I was creating things because my imagination kind of sparked really young mm -hmm. 
and at a really early age. Right. And I now only started to take my art career seriously, not only like due to my art teachers taking me seriously and my friends' critique and my family's critique on my work and multiple classes and camps that I've done. And I really see myself in a future involving art artistic mediums and um i'm involved in every single thing i paint i draw i um Mm -hmm. play and create music with my guitar i do dancing i sing and all of these different things so now i really consider myself an artist because now i am taking my talent seriously and now i feel like people also take me seriously okay and at what point then did you consider yourself an artist? Was there a certain time that stands out to you? Probably last year when I was in sixth grade doing art class for the first time. I was doing 2D art by this wonderful teacher named Mr. Hagen at my middle school. And I had a lot of, I was in a, I wouldn't say darker place. I just had more self-doubts about myself and about my creativity and about my work. And I started to write a novel when I was in sixth grade. Yes, tell us about that. Well, I have always loved writing fiction. I've never really been into cheesy romance or drama or anything like that. I kind of write down ideas that pop into my head. And I started a novel recently that... uh, I haven't gotten very far on, but then again, I'm a slow writer. But he encouraged me in so many different ways, and we bonded over our love of old music and 80s music and 80s culture. And he's really been like a friend and a mentor to me. So I feel like, again, he really encouraged me to take my craft seriously. I love it. Yes, and I think that that is something that so many people can relate to is having a particular instructor, right, or a particular teacher that encouraged you and really started a journey. Because I, I have, I've been able to see a large portion of this firsthand mm-hmm. from the very initial drawings to the paintings and everything in between. So it's really exciting. Tell us if you have a favorite medium at the moment. I don't know if you have just one, but if you do, what would that be? Well, right now, I uh, am really into uh, realistic drawing. Right now, I am doing a drawing a day where I draw a specific plant species, or I try to do it as much as I can, or as realistically as I can. And I've always enjoyed drawing more than painting, probably because I draw more rather than dig out my paintbrushes and paints and I'm not very skilled (laughs) to be honest with you uh when it comes to painting Uh, but I would love to improve my experience on that but yeah just probably drawing or writing fiction and poetry I'm a writer of poetry as well okay yeah so that's that's quite a lot this is this is great uh I think it's exciting. Mm -hmm. I think other people will relate to this and find it exciting as well. So do you have a particular artistic period that you really love? 
or a movement, a genre, something like that. Well, there are many different. I'm kind of a connoisseur in this. I'm a, I'm an art nerd, really. I, right. um, <laughs> and you know this very well. Yes, I do. <laughs> and um, probably one of my favorite artistic periods is the 60s with abstract expressionism and minimalism. And then another favorite of mine is the 80s with neo-expressionism artists like Keith Haring, who is a personal favorite of mine. And then, lastly, probably post-impressionism, including uh, Monet, Manet, and uh, Van Gogh are some notable people. And with post-impressionism, it was all about colors and creativity and bringing life to the world around you. And then abstract expressionism was, you know, splattering paint on a canvas using your feelings, your emotions, your gestures, your body movements to represent yourself in art emotionally with color. So a lot of those are really inspiring to me because they show your sense of self so many different ways. They really do. I, and you said a lot there that brings up a lot of images. I think for the listener, people can picture Manet, Monet, the 60s, the 80s, art of that time period, and Van Gogh especially. Do you have a favorite painting of Van Gogh's? Um, Starry Night would be one. I personally got to see his famous irises painting in person when I went to L.A. and I visited the Getty Museum. And I almost cried at the sight of it because it was so overwhelming. But any Van Gogh piece, I love, he has a dramatic and marvelous collection of paintings involving uh, olive trees and olive tree orchards. And those are probably my favorites, I think, because of the conception and all the detail that he puts into and the color, the color scheme is gorgeous. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Van Gogh is one of my personal favorites. I know a number of listeners can relate mm -hmm. to that. He's brilliant. Yes. <laughs> yes, brilliant. Now, you've said a couple of things that I want to ask you a little bit more about. Mm -hmm. I'm taking notes. As you were talking about Van Gogh and, and Impressionism, post-Impressionism, I circled the word life. And I'd like to have you comment on a direct quote of yours from several years ago. I don't know if you remember this, but <laughs> I'm going to mention it here on the air. All right. You said at one point, art is life. <laughs> and I remember that very, very vividly How and fondly. How old was I? You were about seven. Wow. So I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, this is what parents are for, to remember yes. <laughs> all of the things. This one is not embarrassing, I don't no. think. <laughs> but say some more about that, because I happen to agree with you, but I'd really love to hear, I think the listeners would love to hear as well, you know, how is art life? Art is, oh my gosh, where do I even begin? As someone who's, as an artist myself, of course art is my life. I've dedicated my time and my future to artistic mediums. But I think this relates with even people who don't paint or draw as often as I do. It's that art is representation of life. All the ups and downs, all of its joyous moments and painful sorrows can be 
pushed onto with a, a canvas on a paintbrush. And then you can represent so many different things in life, the beautiful trees, the scenery, oceans, mountains, space, and the universe itself. You can create so many unique things and people have so many different styles. It's really the superior medium of human expression itself because you're putting all you love into art, one medium or another. Yeah, I mean, it, I think that that is synonymous with art, is an expression. So as we were talking prior to this show, so listeners, we've been doing a little bit of advanced planning here. We've had some discussions. Mm -hmm. And the notion of art and spirituality is something that I really want to touch on here. So would you say, Zaya, would you say some more about that, about how art and spirituality are intertwined? Well, like you've seen in multiple religions, such as Hinduism and Buddhism, who are really focused on um, emotions and um, have a lot of different beliefs and faiths that are different. But at the same time, uh, you'll see these gorgeous illustrations of the Buddha or Brahma or any of his magnificent forms. And you'll see all of this artistic expression in so many different religions. And at the same time, art can be very spiritual. It is, for me, like automatic drawing, which is pretty much a process of meditation for, drawing, for drawers and artists like me. And I do it all the time. It's drawing what you imagine without having to think about it first. And that requires a lot of spiritual growth before that because you mm -hmm. need to be able to trust yeah. your mind and trust your instincts and trust the glide of your hand on the piece of paper yes so artistic expression is spiritual practice then would you say absolutely yeah that's the spiritual practice is trust your instinct trust your intuition your gut your heart your mind yes most definitely all right what has been, in your experience with art of any medium, has there been an experience where you were so moved that you maybe were transported outside your body? Um, probably when I've seen famous paintings in front of me at a gallery or an art museum. Okay. At the Getty Museum in Los Angeles, I saw... Um, thousands of years of old Venetian glass arts. I saw, Van I saw a Van Gogh painting. I saw his famous Iris painting. And I saw Rembrandt's in real life. And I saw all these Renaissance artists in their work. And it was plastered all over the walls. And it was so gorgeous. And every time I look at a famous painting of an artist like I know, like Van Gogh, every time I see it in person, it, it moves me to tears mm. because it's majestic beauty and seeing something in person that I've I'd idealized for so long, it has moved me outside my body multiple times where I don't know what I'm looking at. Well, I do know, but mm -hmm. it doesn't feel real in a way. I almost lift out of my physical being. 
I love that. That sounds like a lot of fun, actually. It is. It a... <laughs> it's a very interesting experience. It is that, for sure. And listeners, maybe you've had a similar experience with a painting or a song or any form of artistic expression. So, Zaya, thank you for, for sharing those details here. I think that um, one of the things that really struck me as we were talking about this show in the lead up to this is that we talked about artistic expression and why so many people are not more involved yes. in art. So would you say some more about why you think that's true? Oh, where do I even start to begin? First of all, this stereotype, people, that you can't draw, absolutely not true. The fact that people say, I can't draw or I'm not good at drawing, it's just that everyone can draw. Everyone has the physical ability to draw. And even if they're disabled, people can draw in their minds. So any form of artistic expression, really, especially drawing and painting, anyone can do it. You're just not doing it or you're choosing not to, or you're choosing to believe that you can't. But everyone can improve with time and practice, especially. And failures happen. I've had a lot of bad drawings and bad paintings uh -huh. in my lifetime, yeah. but that has helped me grow. And I think people just need to stop, especially adults, because the stereotype around art as an adult is that it's childish, you're too old to do it or you know you don't have enough time but if you're really dedicated to something and you kind of just want to put your thoughts on paper to seem more manageable which they are by the way then make time because as i've heard many times before and i very well agree with action comes first motivation comes later okay i love that action comes first motivation comes later all right would you say some more about that well that quote is true in every way because mm -hmm. yes it's always said that you get a light bulb shot out of your head you know or you get a sudden idea and you have inspiration inspiration is one of those lies in the world <laughs> because <laughs> You need to act first, and then the motivation will scooch up behind you and slowly push you where you need to go. You just need to have the bravery and the mindset to be able to pick up that pencil or pick up you know, your phone to record a piano song that you've written mm -hmm. or play some music in the background as you start dancing. You really need to do it first. And then the motivation to do more of it will come up right behind you. All right. Yeah, that's such a wise philosophy that applies to all facets of life is just take that first step. And that's what I would encourage all of you to do today. Take that first step if this is something that you're interested in, whether it's art or any other facet of life. So, Zaya, what would you say to adults that feel inhibited by this? Well, my advice to, to adults in general from a queer teenager is take us seriously, <laughs> please, especially people like me and my peers, because I know what I'm talking about. Like, 
there are teenagers, especially on the older side, who are 16, 17, 18, who are able to vote, who started the March for Our Lives movement and have been powerhouses in the Black Lives Matter movement and so many different political movements. You need to take us seriously because our opinion matters. Most of us, I know there's a stereotype that many teenagers are confused and don't know who they are, which is true. That's, that's <laughs> totally true, trust me. Uh -huh. But especially when we're on the older side, and me specifically, some of us have figured our shit out. Ah, yes. And adults, you guys need to realize that. And you need to take our opinions seriously because we are the future generation. You are not. And I feel for centuries we have shamed the younger generation that they're lazy or irresponsible or get a participation trophy. But we are the future and you need to start encouraging us to become doctors, lawyers, engineers, technicians, artists, musicians, because we create the future that will be better for not only us and our children, but for yourself. Okay. Yeah, and we were speaking a little bit about representation. So if you don't mind saying some more about being queer and non-binary and 13 as well, and having everything figured out together, knowing who you are. Say some more about representation of, of the LGBTQ plus community in the art world, if well, you have some thoughts. Yes, I feel that we, we do have a decent chunk of representation in the arts community. By far, we have so many right. LGBTQ plus people in music, in art and dance and so many in film as well and so many different industries yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. but especially people of my age bracket and i've figured out that i am queer and non-binary and we need more people out there and there are so much there's so much drama that comes with being part of the lgbtq community especially right now there's things like transphobia, biphobia, all that stuff. But what's important in the art community is that we need people like myself to represent ourselves, make our voices heard um, in political pieces and murals especially because art changes the world. It has many yes. times before, like the Renaissance, and I do believe that it will again, or it already has begun to. So it's important for people like myself to really get our voices heard in that community. Okay. Well, and then do you know a lot of people from the community that are artists? Have you met many? Uh, I have, actually. Oh, good, good. Um, not only adults but and young adults and college students alike, but um, classmates like myself. Um, I know a lot of people who are pansexual or bisexual mm -hmm. sure. and lesbian, gay, you name it, and um, non-binary as well. And I feel that we have bonded in a way over our queerness <laughs> and yeah. our artistry and our creativity. And that sense of community is really, really important. Right. And I would say that's true of, of any community. Mm -hmm. um, any other uh, comments or, or words that you'd like to say about this as far as representation goes? Um, 
again, adults, take us seriously, because some of us had figured our shit out. <laughs> um, you know, in sixth grade, I was this awkward person identifying as bisexual because I didn't know anything about that. And I got a lot of hate for it. It's like, well, like, are you sure you're, like, not too young to figure that out yet? And people only said that because I said that I was starting to like girls more, and my friends and family have said it, and multiple people I know have said it to me before. I have I have experienced homophobia before. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, of course. <laughs> sure. And, um, you know, no one ever says that to straight people because they always ask kindergartners if they have a boyfriend or a girlfriend and they're always skeptical of 12 to 13 year olds thinking that they've suddenly now like the same sex so we need to get again with representation we need to get stereotypes out of the way that we're all one person or that every gay man has a high-pitched voice, or something like that, because we are all different. We all have different messages to convey, and we're all different people. So mm -hmm. representation in the arts community especially really matters like that. Yeah, it, it most certainly does. And you're on to something here, talking about your own personal experiences. So if you don't mind sharing a little bit more with our listeners here, how did it feel every time you've experienced homophobia, how do you experience that? How does that feel to you? Well, of course, I think this is implied, you feel horrible initially, whether you mm -hmm. recognize it at first or not. Because right. whether homophobia can come in a lot of different forms. Hatred comes in a lot of different forms. It can be obvious from the first word or sentence, or it can be very subtle and you cannot realize it until years later. But it's... Where do I even begin? It's like you feel there's like an ache inside of you. Whenever, mm, when uh -huh. anytime someone has called me a dyke or a fag or a homo or anything like that, or I've gotten stares in public before, and things like that, people who perpetrate it, they think it's not, especially staring, because I have short hair, and when I first cut my hair, I got a lot of stares in public and people whispering about me and whatnot like especially with homophobia if you think that it's not going to hurt people you're absolutely wrong because it has hurt me in a lot of ways it hurts my confidence yeah. it hurts mm -hmm. my relationships with other people because it diminishes my happiness and it makes me angry it makes me moody it makes me selfish and spreading hatred is only going to cause more hatred. Right. Mm -hmm. And in my experience, I think if someone insults you or someone insults me, you just say, I love you, or have a nice day, or good morning, or something like that, because you need to bounce back love against their hate, because that's the only way we're ever gonna heal. Right, yeah, and that's very well said. Respond to hate, with love. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's a great message for, for all of us. And, and thank you very much for, for sharing that. I was hoping we would get onto this subject. Mm -hmm. Yes. Now, listeners, this was not all completely planned, nor is it totally spontaneous. Mm -hmm. Because 
I, I do have another question for you, Zaya. I'm going to backtrack here back to art yes. and the title of the show. You came up with the title, A Spirit's Paintbrush, which I happen to think is really beautiful. Do you want to say some more about how that came to your mind? Well, I've always been skilled in creating titles for things or oh, names for things because <laughs> I invent novel ideas. I have to be good with titles. Yes. And I've always had a knack for it. And when you were asking me what we were naming this episode and I was thinking about it, I was thinking about how the spirit comes out of you when you're creating art in such a meaningful way if you're intending to do so. If you're focusing on a painting that's taking a really long time or you're focusing on a drawing that requires so many ruler movements and so many measurements, your spirit comes out and it takes the paintbrush from your hand and it glides itself forward. So I think the spirit's paintbrush is a really good way to represent that with words. Okay. That the spirit takes a hold of you when you're creating art. Yes. I think I can relate to that. I think any artist, musician would be able to relate to the spirit gripping you and taking a hold of you. Mm -hmm. Okay. So what else would you like to tell us about art and spirituality, about what it's like to be a 13-year-old artist. Mm -hmm. Yeah, other thoughts? Well, let me see. I've thought of a lot about my future. I've decided that I want to go to graduate school All right. after going to an art school for undergrad, which for nice. me, I've always, I've always planned out my life for as long as I can remember. I've never been... Like, as far as my long-term future goes, I've never been clueless. I've always, from a young age, I've always known what I wanted to do, which is art. And, you know, people ask me, well, you can't make money doing art. Like, like, what job are you going to do? How are you going to make money? Like, dumb questions like that, but... Sounds like something a parent would ask. Yes, all the time. I get it all the time, even from people in my family they're just like how are you gonna make money if you get an art degree like i i realize that they care about me and they want me to succeed (laughs) but and i want to make money as well let's be honest here sure but i feel like if you're doing something that you're happy you're doing not sitting in an office cubicle doing boring work every day because that's not gonna make your life any easier or any happier because life Life passes by you so quickly. So you need to make the most of it. And I feel like now, in the past year, especially with the coronavirus, the isolation from middle school and my anxieties that came with middle school really helped me grow and my confidence grew. And um, I'm losing weight because I've been overweight for a long time. Mm -hmm. And I'm gaining better habits. I'm breaking bad ones. Good. And... Art has helped me in a lot of ways. It's helped me cope with sad things. It's helped me express my joy. Um, It's my life, really. I listen to music half the day. I have my headphones on for at least 12 hours a day. Hmm, Music uh always flowing through it. And I do drawings every day, or I try to. I draw a lot more than I used to. And it's really helped me with healing spiritual healing ah, yes. and emotional healing with many traumas that i've had to encounter and i feel like 
people should use that to to their advantage, even if they work as a mathematician or something like that. So many different things go into art. You can create art with architecture, with engineering, with math, with science, um, and so many other different subjects because art involves everything. Art is life. It's in every aspect of careers and workforces. And I think people need to take advantage of that because art is healing. Yes, it does have a, a very healing energy. And this is something that I've said during season one on the show is there are so many different ways that people can approach a healing process or spiritual, personal, transformational growth. Art is most definitely one of them. Absolutely. So, yes. And let's all then pick up a paintbrush or a guitar or even if you're just singing while you're cooking dinner or in a your camera kitchen. or your iPhone. Yes, or I've your gotten iPhone. into photography, so just pick up your iPhone, take a picture of something and just go from there. It really starts like you said, it really starts with that pivotal moment of picking up a pencil or picking up your phone or starting to record with your camera or anything like that. It starts with those little moments and then everything sparks like a fire. Yes, and it momentum builds and grows mm -hmm. and grows and grows some more. So one more thing before we wrap this up here. I've always associated art and artistic expression, that the concept, as you're describing it, of a spirit's paintbrush where the spirit takes a hold of you. I've always associated art with playing and playgrounds. Yes. You want to say some more about that in your experience? Well, that's very true. Um, any artistic medium is like having all these tools at your disposal and having a playground of infinite creativity and infinite imagination. And you have all these different possibilities that show before your eyes. And it's mind-blowing, really. Because you have infinite possibilities that you can make you just have to be able to tap into it yes and as you've mentioned just take that first very first brush stroke mm -hmm. take that first step take the first picture move that first line it's all with small moments and then everything will come yes well said well said all right Zaya well this has been a real pleasure. It's an honor for me to kick off season two with you, mm -hmm. with a member of my own family. And I'll remind our, our listeners, I have not been one of those family members that says, how are you going to make money with that? Um, have I? No. Oh, okay. Well, my mom you. has. Oh. <laughs> All right. Well, Zaya, this has been such a pleasure. And I look forward to recording more episodes with you. Oh, yes. Well, I have guests that are accomplished adults and TEDx speakers. It's always great to hear from our young people. So from a minor's perspective. Absolutely. There's so many different valid perspectives in the world and every human being has their own unique experience. So I wish you a very happy podcasting journey. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for joining me. It was a pleasure. 
Thank you all very much for listening. This has been the very first episode of season two of Decide to Transform here on Podbean. Now, a reminder, this podcast is available currently on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, on the Podbean app with more platforms coming, including Spotify and others. So stay tuned wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm Tomas Garza, and on behalf of Zaya, my second born here, I wish you a very pleasant day and happy transformation.